Wada la lingua, Gai Kokogoni, All Things Languages. Hi, Susan Taylor here, chatting again about All Things Languages. Pointing out that I don't edit this, I just don't have time to do that. So it comes as it comes, and I hope you find that relatable rather than annoying. Also to let you know that the ideas that I express here are just my current thinking. It's not necessarily the way by any means. There is no one way to teach languages. All our contexts are different. All our backgrounds are different. And I would like this podcast to be your chance to listen to somebody chatting and for it to stimulate your own thoughts and your own ideas about how you want to go about teaching languages. These ideas are also not representative necessarily of DOSL, which is Diocese of Sale Catholic Education Limited. So what's on my mind today is how much time is the teacher speaking in the language that you're teaching And how much time are the students speaking in the language that you're teaching? And even more, how much time are the students speaking to each other in the language that you're teaching? And in all of those, I should have said the language that you're learning. Yeah, I still forget that as well. So... I'm noticing that we as teachers are really, really good at talking, hence me being able to do a podcast in my own space and just keep on talking. However, I feel like learners are going to learn most by speaking the language that they're trying to learn how to speak. It kind of makes sense that if you want to learn to read, you need to read. If you want to learn to um, plant flowers, you need to plant flowers. If you want to learn to speak, you need to speak. So students need, I believe, to hear their own voices saying the language. When they hear their own voices, they're more likely to feel like that language belongs to them because they will identify the words in their own voice literally. So when you're doing whole group work, a lot of teachers do repeat after me. Makes total sense. Keep doing it. When you repeat after me, the students are able to tune into the sound of those words properly pronounced. And that's really important for them to be able to tune that in. However, after you've done it one or two or three times, allow the students to start to say it with you. So let's take an example. I'm going to teach everybody how to say mizu, which means water in Japanese. I say mizu, you say mizu. I say mizu, you as a group say mizu. Do that a a few times until the group seems to be coming confident. Then we say. Together we're going to say and take a breath so that they can see it's about to happen. Mizu. Oh, you said it with me. Great. Let's do it again together. Ready? Mizu. Did you say it with me that time? And keep on doing that with you. If you notice some pronunciation things that 
turn out um, not the way it really should be, obviously correct the pronunciation because it does tend to morph. I find students of Japanese tend to make the vowel sounds long when it shouldn't be long. So they might say mizu and really I want to hear mizu with nice, clear, crisp, two-syllable sounds. Um, so I'll, I will correct pronunciation when they're doing that with me. After you've done it with you for a little while, then allow the students to say it on their own with you as the teacher creating a prompt. So whether you're pointing to a picture or pointing to a real object or pointing to a translation, then the students are saying it and you're not saying it anymore. If you're a teacher who uses gestures, you might use the gesture as the prompt as well. Whatever your prompt is, the first step, repeat after me, as you probably already do. The second step, say it with me. And the third step is they say it as a whole group together. It is also really, really important that every student in the room says something so that they can hear their own voice because that's where they get that sense of ownership of the language, like I said earlier. There will be students every now and then who are mute, selective mute, have anxiety, have other things going on where it's not reasonable to expect them to produce that language to say it so that they can hear their own voice. As long as they're doing what they can do to engage with the language, that's fine. But on the whole, every student saying it. So I don't want those students sitting on the floor thinking, oh, Max said it and James said it and my teacher can't hear me if I just sit here and don't do anything. And usually they're playing with their shoelaces or a piece of fluff on the floor. So try and bring those students into it and value them and say, this is for you as well. This is not just for Max and Joe. This is for you. And I want you to have this. It's a gift. Don't drop it. Once everybody is saying that together, you probably will find that you've repeated whatever that target language is about 20 times. And that's a really good start. So the next step is to allow the students to work in partners. I usually get them to set up in partners and stay silent first so that I can see that the partnerships have set up. They can stay wherever they are. They can turn their chairs. They can be at chair tables, I don't mind, however you want to organize that. Partner work allows every student to practice at the same time. And it takes away that anxiety of one student saying something and everybody else in the class listening to them. So the only person that's listening to a given student is their partner. They generally tune out what's going on around them. And then you can go around and help those partnerships who are struggling a little bit more to just remind them what the words are. If you find that there's a few students that really can't remember that language that you're wanting to teach that particular day, I suggest you partner them with students who can and just allow the stronger student to say the word and then the weaker student to copy it and the stronger student to say the word, the weaker student to copy it. Then they look like they're in a partnership. It looks like they're doing the same activity, but it's actually differentiated to allow that student who hasn't yet memorized the words 
to start to learn it with somebody who can teach it really well. Going over it again. First step. In a whole group, you say the word, they say it after you. So it's repeat after me. Second step. They say the word with you. Third step. They say the word without you, but you point and give that prompt. Oh, something else that happens in my classes, it may happen in your classes as well. I often find that one student will start with a word and then there's another student will start the word again and you end up with this garbled sound where they're not saying it together. So I'm hearing say, mizu, 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 and nobody can really hear the clear word mizu. So I find that it's really important for everybody to hear that word clearly as a whole group to say it together. So those strong students who want to be, I'm first, I said it first, just I usually encourage them and say, hey, Joanne, you are a great leader of that. Could you just say it a little slower so that everybody can join in with you and then you're being the real leader, that sort of thing, to to make sure that they're working as a whole group and there's one clear sound. Um, And then do the partner work so that they're practicing it in the partnership. And then whatever written work or games or whatever else that you're doing to help reinforce that language after that. So you have a good five to 10 minutes of your class where most of that five to 10 minutes of class time is students saying, all students saying the target language and students having time for student to student practice of that target language. When I say target language, I mean the words that you're focusing on for that particular day. Hope that helps. Um, Enjoy. Jane. See you.